You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All of you Foxborough faithful, you are now locked into the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, and it is time for some Tuesday wisdom and reason here on your daily home for news, notes, and analysis, infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Greetings and salutations, Patriots Nation, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday episode of the pod. My name is Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback are always welcomed and very much encouraged. So share that feedback, send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And while you're out there doing some Tuesday traveling through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, each day gets us closer to the start of the league year on March 17th, 2021. And we have a primarily Patriots focus here on Locked On Patriots for obvious reasons, but it's going to be an interesting year all over the NFL. And yesterday, new face, new place kicked off a little bit as J.J. Watt now has a new NFL home, signing a two-year, $31 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals, $23 million of that guaranteed. Big-time contract, J.J. actually breaking the news himself on social media, showing him working out wearing an Arizona Cardinals t-shirt. And I know there was still some out there in Pat's Nation that were hoping he was going to find his way to Foxborough. I hate to tell you this, folks, but not at that price. But this is a good move for J.J. Watt. He gets the contract he wanted, headed to a team in the Arizona Cardinals that is on the cusp of contention. Young team, young quarterback, strong defense. J.J. seemingly gets everything he was looking for. But what does this mean for the rest of NFL free agency? Will this have a ripple effect on the start of the upcoming league year? Well, to be honest, that's kind of a loaded question, and it really requires a logical and reasonable response. Lucky for all of us, it's Tuesday, and you know what that means, folks. Our resident voice of reason, Steve Balistrieri, joins us here today on the hot seat, and Steve and I will discuss J.J. Watt's deal and what it might mean for the other teams likely to be in hot pursuit of free agents this offseason, including our New England Patriots. And speaking of the Patriots, their name is never really far from the news of the day. Well, this latest batch of circulating rumors involves their potential pursuit of a quarterback that's likely to be on the market. There's also some speculation that a beloved Patriot, a prominent Patriot on defense, might have played his last down in Foxborough and might in fact be on the trading block. We're talking a quarterback and a cornerback. That said cornerback, Alex Smith, now likely to formerly be of the Washington football team. And of course, the cornerback is the former 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore. Steve and I will talk about the likelihood of Alex Smith finding his way to Foxborough and Stephon possibly finding his way out of Foxborough. Last but certainly not least, it's still draft season, and Steve has been doing an amazing job putting together draft profiles. We're going to focus on the defensive side of the ball and talk about a couple of Alabama products that might just look pretty good in Patriot Blue coming up in 2021. Linebacker Dylan Moses and defensive lineman Christian Barmore. Folks, as it always is when Steve drops by the pod, an action-packed agenda of free agency rumors, trade talks, and of course draft profiles. 
And when my Patriots Paisan joins me here on the hot seat, we'll delve into all of those topics. But first, Tuesday afternoon saw some breaking news surrounding a former New England Patriot, a member of that 2019 boogeyman defense that for the vast majority of that season was one of the best in the league. And I'm talking former New England Patriot and now former Miami Dolphin, Kyle Van Noy. Early Tuesday afternoon, Cameron Wolf had indicated via his social media account that the former Patriot, and again, now apparently former Dolphins linebacker, would be released to help Miami save some cap room. Well, shortly after Cameron had indicated via social media what he was hearing, NFL Media's Mike Garofalo confirmed it. Kyle Van Noy was, in fact, being released by the Miami Dolphins, and this move will free up north of $9.7 million in cap space for Miami in 2021. After all, we remember that Kyle did leave New England for the greener or aqua pastures down in Miami, I guess you could say, on a four-year $51 million contract carrying $15 million guaranteed. He was set to make $12.5 million in base salary this year, but that would only be guaranteed if, in fact, Van Noy was on the roster for the fifth day of the 2021 league year. And I'll be honest, this move comes as somewhat of a surprise to me, folks. Both Van Noy and Miami seem to be a logical fit. He was playing under Brian Flores. Both had a great deal of familiarity with each other from their time in New England, and each knew the other's capabilities very well. Van Noy ended up finishing 2020 with 69 tackles, 6 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, and 2 fumble recoveries. And he did miss some time due to a hip injury, but all in all a solid debut down in South Beach. Of course, this came off of a career in New England where Van Noy had really established himself as a very formidable linebacker and one of the more sought-after free agents last season. During Van Noy's final year in New England in 2019, he set a career high with 6.5 sacks while tallying 56 tackles and a trio of forced fumbles. So apparently, old friend Kyle Van Noy is now looking for a new home, and naturally, speculation is going to start to heat up that he and the Patriots might have mutual interest. It's way too early in the game for me to determine if the Patriots might send out feelers, or if Kyle Van Noy might even be interested in coming back. Don't forget, Kyle had some interesting comments after the Patriots played the Dolphins late in the season, indicating that, quote, the honeymoon was over, and it seemed like he had harbored some resentment toward the team. Of course, comments like that can never be an indicator of both sides' willingness to do business. If Kyle Van Noy feels that New England is the best spot for him, and New England feels that they could bolster their linebacking core by bringing him back, that's exactly what both sides will do. And let me tell you, from a logistical standpoint, I could absolutely see the Patriots wanting to be in on Kyle Van Noy. He knows the system. He's a versatile linebacker. He can play in either the 4-3 or the 3-4 schemes. And during his time here in New England, he was known as being a very good mentor to younger players. I can imagine guys like Anthony Jennings, Josh Uche, even someone like Chase Winovich really benefiting from having someone like Kyle Van Noy both in the locker room and on the field. Again, it's still very early on in the process, so most of what I'm saying right now is pure speculation. I'll continue to monitor the situation, reach out, try to gather as many facts as I possibly can, but keep a sharp eye on this one, at least for the next couple of days. I have a feeling that New England is going to be buzzing about the potential return of Kyle Van Noy. Will it happen? Well, your guess is as good as mine, but I will say this, it would certainly make a lot of sense for both sides. Most of all, it would make a lot of sense for the New England Patriots. But if a New England and Kyle Van Noy reunion is possibly brewing, might there also be a split brewing between the New England Patriots and one of their premier defenders? 
Folks, in just a moment, Steve Balistrieri will join me here on the hot seat where we will discuss the fate of Stefan Gilmore, the likelihood of Alex Smith finding his way to Foxborough, and we'll also take a deep dive into Steve's draft profiles of both Dylan Moses and Christian Barmore. All this and more when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, Locked On listeners, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. And the NFL equivalent of the hot stove is getting hotter by the day. If testing your prognostication skills on any one of these subjects is something you'd like to take advantage of, then there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They give you real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Simply put, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds. And it's the best way to place your bets. But you know what makes it even better? It's free to sign up. Head over to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action. Go to betonline.ag today, sign up, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On listeners, February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints discuss holding space and the balance of discussing blackness in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Patriots fans, my guest today is not only our resident voice of reason, but a part of the family here on Locked On Patriots, and I love having him on for selfish reasons. I just love talking Patriots football with the man. He's become a regular guest here on Tuesdays, and he's one of the best and most knowledgeable columnists that you will find anywhere in Patriots media. You know his great work from PatsFans.com, as well as being the co-host of not one, but two amazing Patriots podcasts. Patriots 4th and 2, and 1 Patriots Place. He is my Patriots Paisan, and despite what he will tell you folks, he's worthy of all of the praise he gets and then some. Steve Balistrieri joins me today. Welcome back to Locked On Patriots, my friend. It seems like a month has gone by since I talked to you. I I can't wait to talk some football, as always, with you. So uh, (laughs) I've been looking forward to it all weekend. Oh, I assure you the honor is all mine, as it always is, my friend. And I thank you so much for joining me here today on your weekly spot now here on a Tuesday. And we love having you on each and every week. And Steve, the good news is, is there's always something to talk about because the Patriots are always involved in the news somehow. It might be right at the top of the list. It might be somewhere lurking below, but they're always in the discussion somehow. And we're hearing a lot of rumors about potential moves to be made for the Pats, whether it be in free agency whether it be in trades, or whether it be via the draft. Well, today is one of those rare days that we can actually hit on all of them. So let's start with free agency, bud. J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals, two years, $31 million, $23 million of that guaranteed. 
That's a lot of money, a hefty price to be paid by the Cardinals. Granted, J.J. is still a prolific defender. Arizona can pair him along with a former Patriot that we've covered, Chandler Jones. This could end up paying dividends for them. Little bit of an injury concern. J.J.'s had some difficulty staying on the field. That could be a problem for Arizona, but bottom line, a lot of excitement out there in the desert right now that J.J. is on his way to Arizona. As for the Patriots, I know a lot of fans had visions of J.J. Watt finding his way to Foxborough, but there was never really much of a chance, if any of a chance, that that was ever going to happen, folks. Jeff Howe of The Athletic did report yesterday that the Patriots did make a call on him, but in his words, the price was, quote, pretty substantial. Steve, when you look at this deal as a whole, first of all, what were your initial thoughts on J.J. Watt's deal, and what kind of ripple effect might this have on the NFL league year, which is set to begin in just a few days on March 17th? Well, you know, when I first saw the deal, I was like, good for J.J. I mean, to get that kind of money at this point in his career, I thought was outstanding for him. I, I just thought it was way too much for a guy who's been injured as much as he has, and especially given his age, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. You know, he's had serious injuries, although he stayed healthy last year. I just thought it was way too much. Uh, I know Jeff uh, Howe, who, you know, both of us respect a great deal, said the Patriots had uh, contacted, you know, his people, but they weren't any, I'm sure they weren't anywhere near the ballpark that, you know, J.J. was looking for and got. So, you know, good for him. Uh, but I'm glad the Patriots didn't pony up that kind of money for for him. Not that I don't respect him as a player. I think he's fantastic. But I don't think it's going to have a big ripple. We see this every year. You know, when free agency starts, and actually we're not even in free agency yet, but we always see desperate teams do desperate things. And, and I think this was a desperate move because – I just think it's way too much to pay for a guy like J.J. Well, Steve, I agree with you when you say good for J.J. This is definitely a great deal for him. Two years, $31 million, 23 guaranteed. Yeah, the Patriots were never going to touch that, folks. But look, there was an argument to be made that he would be a good fit. I can understand why the fan base may have wanted J.J. Watt here. Look, the Patriots have had difficulty setting the edge. They've had difficulty stopping the run. These are two things that J.J. Watt could have definitely been an asset for for the New England Patriots. But Bill Belichick is not the type of guy that's going to get into a bidding war over a top-flight free agent. Even though we've heard rumors that the Patriots are going to be overly aggressive this offseason, that's just not a battle I think they wanted to fight. And let's face it, Bill is not the type of GM or coach that has been all that enamored with giving edge rushers a top dollar contract. It's not something he's done in the past. Uh, he did it with Adelius Thomas way back in the day. That didn't end up working out so well. So maybe he's looking to find those edge setters and that pass rushing help with some of the undervalued free agents. Um, and it's worked well for him in the past. Maybe that'll be something that works well for him in the future. But ultimately, J.J. Watt in Arizona, at least he's out of the AFC. And again, a pretty good fit for him. It's a young team, a team that looks to be in contention in the NFC this year and best of luck to him and hopefully he can stay healthy and it'll be a good fit for both he and Arizona but this is locked on Patriots bud so let's take it back to a Patriots centric discussion and we're going to continue on with a free agency type deal and 
Patriots might be linked to yet another potential free agent quarterback. I know, folks, we talk about quarterbacks all the time, but it's the big news in New England, and new news seems to drop every day. This time, it's the Washington football team's Alex Smith, and word broke yesterday that the team is apparently set to part ways with Alex this offseason. Steve, let's face it, it's amazing that Alex is even back on the football field, let alone playing pretty well to close out the 2021 season. And I don't know if you heard, but the Patriots are in need of a quarterback. It's not that publicized. Yeah, I know, folks, bad joke. I'm sorry. I apologize. But um, obviously, Alex Smith still has some cachet, still has the ability to command the field, and there's still talent left in the tank. But he's 36, he's going to be 37, there is a significant injury history to consider, and in no way am I disrespecting Alex Smith here, folks. I think what he's done is remarkable. I will continue to root for him no matter when he takes the football field, simply because of everything he's been through. But I don't think I'm going out on a limb here, but I think this is a very risky signing or a very risky proposition for the Patriots to consider. Still, some have speculated that the Pats would be a good fit for him. Steve, what are your thoughts on Alex Smith in a Patriots uniform for 2021? Well, and as you said, Michael, I mean, everyone's linked to the Patriots because it's guaranteed to get clicks. And, you know, it wouldn't be a podcast between the two of us unless we had a Godfather reference, right? So <laughs> I'm going to say, Michael, we're bigger than U.S. Steel. So... <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines of all time i love it for obvious reasons <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh you know uh, all levity aside i i like alex smith uh, i've always have i i think he's a really good quarterback he's had some he's had some bad luck uh everywhere he goes it seems like the team drafts the next great one so it's like you know he's constantly being replaced not through any fault of his own i think he's played well everywhere he's gone and i think what he did this year coming back after almost two years on you know without being on the field was incredible i still get goosebumps when i see him take the field for the first time in like two years because you just know everything that he went through i think it was 17 or 18 surgeries he went through on his leg they almost amputated it and for him to come back it's just incredible but honestly I put him in the same situation with kind of a Cam Newton. Uh, only in case of an emergency duel, I, I want Alex at this point in his career. You know, it's just if they can't get anybody better, I think that that's, you know, a fallback option, but it's not one I would choose. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, bud. I wouldn't choose it either. And again, folks, we don't mean any disrespect toward Alex Smith. I'm amazed that he was able to not only return to the football field, but play as well as he did in 2020. But that being said, when you look at his year statistically, it really wasn't all that successful. I mean, I think Washington had success because of everything else around Alex, but the stats tell another story, and I really want to thank Zach Cox of Nesson for putting this together quite nicely. In 2020, Alex threw more interceptions with eight than he did touchdowns with six. He was ranked near the bottom of the league in yards per attempt, which was 31. Passer rating ranked 31st. Interception percentage ranked 32nd. The only qualified quarterback with a worse QBR than Alex Smith was the guy he replaced in Washington, Dwayne Haskins. So to put things in perspective, so much of the fan base is so negative about Cam Newton returning 
Cam Newton ranked higher than Smith in every one of those metrics that I just mentioned. So while I definitely don't doubt that he still belongs on a football field somewhere in 2021, I think there's still a lot to give. I don't think New England is the fit because if he comes here, he's going to be called upon to have the weight of the franchise on his shoulders. For someone with his age, for someone with his injury history, I think that's unfair to put on him. Maybe he goes somewhere else, signs a one-year deal, mentors a young quarterback coming up in the draft. I think that would be the best fit for Alex Smith this year, but no matter where he goes, I definitely wish him the best. Steve, switching gears from free agency for just a moment and going into trade talks. Uh, Rumors continue to circulate around the status of Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore, and they took a little bit more of a front seat than normal yesterday when Jason LaCamfora of CBS Sports said that he believes Gilmore being traded by the Pats is a, quote, foregone conclusion. And this is according to the sources that he's spoken with. Steve, from the time that we've heard about Stefan listing his house on the market to all of the talk about his $16.2 million cap hit in 2021, we've talked about this several times on the airwaves, not just here on Locked On Patriots, but also when you, Murph, and Claire have had me on One Patriots Place. Trading Stefan Gilmore is not a thought that's coming out of the blue. This has been a very common narrative now for almost a year, believe it or not, and I've gone on record several times. I'm personally against this. Uh, I believe that he could get a good return in the trade market, but in my opinion, his value on the field really outweighs what they would save in terms of cap space or what type of return on investment he might be able to get back in trade value. That being said, I'm not making this decision. Bill Belichick is, and he's definitely not afraid to cut bait earlier rather than later, if you know what I mean. We've seen that several times during Bill's tenure here in New England. Steve, what are your thoughts on Gilmore's status for 2021, and what is the likelihood that he's played his last game in Foxborough? I I think he is going to get traded, and you and I have talked about this in the past, and I just think that, you know, he's – He's in line for a bigger payday. I think the Patriots aren't going to give it to him. And I think they'll try to move him because they have faith in their their secondary personnel. And they uh, feel like, you know, uh, at this point in his career, they're not going to pay him what he wants. And they want to uh, get some return on their investment. And I think that they're going to do it. Now, if nobody comes up with any kind of decent offer, then obviously – I think that they'll hold on to him. But I, I think the chances of him being dealt uh, just before or if not during the NFL draft will be very, very high because if there's a team out there that feels and, – and, again, you and I have discussed this. If there's a team that is looking for one of those top corners in the draft and they, they're not able to get the one that they want and they feel like that's the only thing holding them back, from being a contender for the Lombardi Trophy, I think they call the Patriots up and make a you know a, a decent offer, and you know that would be their ticket. They feel like to the big game. Yeah, and I have a feeling that this news on Gilmore is only going to continue to heat up and maybe even intensify throughout the coming days. Look, Gilmore was rumored to have been a potential trade candidate prior to the deadline during the 2020 season. Patriots did decide to keep him throughout the year. Like you said, they didn't find a deal that was to their liking. I think that's the only way he's retained again this year. I agree with you. I think he will be dealt. I'm telling you personally, I wouldn't do it. 
but I think the Patriots probably have a different philosophy. Um, one thing that could throw a wrench into this is he does have the partially torn quad, suffered that late in the season. All indications are that he'll be healthy for the 2021 season. So at this point, I don't see any reason for anyone to panic over that, but I think a lot will come out in the next coming days and weeks in terms of how he's feeling or if that's going to lessen his trade value at all. But at this point, it looks like the only way Stefan would happily come back is if the two sides are able to work out a mutually beneficial deal, meaning that Stefan would agree to a contract extension that would give him a suitable amount of money, but also free up some cap space for the team and make it manageable on both sides. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's going to be difficult to do that because, as our main man Miguel, the Pats cap, says, in order for a deal to work, both sides have to benefit. Neither one is going to give ground. Neither one really has to give ground in this case. The Patriots don't really have to bow to Stephon Gilmore. They've got J.C. Jackson in the pipeline. But at the same time, Stephon knows his worth. He's a former defensive player of the year, in my opinion, still near or at the top of the cornerback depth chart throughout the league. So... If, in fact, this is Stefan Swansong here in New England, he's done a great job uh, giving this team as much as you could possibly hope for and more. And I hope he's going to be back in Patriot Blue next year. But if he's not, again, you wish him the very best and you marvel at what he was able to do while he was here. Paisan, it's always a blast when you drop by the pod for some wisdom and counsel. Uh, we've talked free agency. We've talked trade scenarios. But, again... You've been crushing it with the draft profiles lately, and in just a moment, folks, Steve Balistrieri will lend his expertise on a couple of Alabama products that might just look good wearing Patriot Blue in 2021. More with Steve Balistrieri when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, when it comes to repairing or maintaining your vehicle, why would you spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? It's still possible to take pride in your ride and even save a little in the process. Visit my good friends at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they're delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brands, the specifications, and here's the best part, folks, the prices you prefer. RockAuto.com's prices are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers just like you and me. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to put Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com NFL fans, the games may be over, but the work is just beginning. Join Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solik of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast every Tuesday as they start their Team Takeover Tuesday offseason series. Each week they pick a new team, take a deep dive into the potential front office and head coach signings, a roster review, free agent strategies, and go through a team-centric mock draft. That's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Patriots fan Steve Balistrieri joins me here today on Locked On Patriots for his weekly Tuesday appearance here on the pod. And Steve, 
As I said to Murph yesterday here, right on these very airwaves, I love the fact that the NFL draft is next month. It's getting close. It's getting exciting. I know it's at the tail end, but I love that when I turn the page on next month's calendar, the NFL draft is going to be right there marked. And we've highlighted some of your great work here as of late when it comes to the NFL draft. You've been doing a great job in chronicling a lot of the draft profiles and potential fits for the New England Patriots, whether it be quarterbacks or tight ends or wide receivers. We've even delved into the defense a little bit. And today here on the pod, we'll stay on the defensive side of the ball, but we're going to take a little trip down south to Alabama in Nick Saban country, the Crimson Tide definitely have their share of NFL-ready prospects, bud. And you've chronicled a couple of them as of late for PatsFans.com. And we'll start with linebacker Dylan Moses. This is a kid that had all the promise coming out of Alabama, I believe would be a surefire first-rounder if he didn't have the injury history that he did. Of course, we all know about the ACL injury he suffered in 2019, missed the entire season. In 2020, he just didn't look like the same player. And you mentioned this was probably because he wasn't completely healed from his injury. Still logged 67 tackles, six tackles for a loss, had one interception, three passes defended, and a forced fumble. Now, Steve, a lot of the predictions on Dylan Moses is that he's a day two, maybe even a day three selection. But you've been of the mind that he might even have day one talent if the Patriots are willing to take a flyer on him. Not that they're going to take him on day one but that this kid has the potential to be that quote-unquote diamond in the rough. Steve, when you look at Dylan Moses, what stands out to you about him, and why do you believe he'd be a good fit here in Foxborough? Well, the thing that jumps out, I think, more than anything, with when you're talking about him, is, is the potential that's there. And, you know, he, this was a kid when he was in the eighth grade was getting calls from some of the big football schools, the Alabamas, the LSUs. I mean, that, that's just amazing because his dad was very demanding. Yeah, that's a fact, you know. Um, but, he, you know, before – and then he has that discipline, that self-discipline that you just love in a football player. Before he went to school in the eighth grade and all the way through college, you know, uh, what was it uh, – 400 push-ups and 800 sit-ups or some ridiculous thing. Um, yeah, 400 push-ups, 800 sit-ups, and 10 minutes of jumping rope, then a one-mile run before he even went to school. And th- that's just incredible. And, uh, you know, um, he's 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 got the size. He's kind of rangy, 6'3", 240, and he's just a freak athlete. And I know he was injured. 2019 before the season and he tore his ACL but when you look at him he wasn't all the way back last year plus they've moved him to a different position and I I think that you know he wasn't all the way back but you talk about you know he's a he's got really good size he can play outside he can play inside um you know, he's just he's just one of those guys that I just I think he's the best tackler in the linebacking core. Um, and, you know, he, he can play inside or, you know, at the middle linebacker or the fact that he can uh, he can play, um, you know, on the outside where, where I think actually he might even be better as a member of the Patriots. Great points on Moses. All great points on Moses because he really is a very unique athlete at the position. He's got that sideline to sideline range. 
it's very rare to see him outrun. He really has a great burst. As a matter of fact, Jordan Reed of the DraftNetwork.com referred to him as, quote, a heat-seeking missile, and I think that's a pretty good comparison. But most people are projecting him as fitting best in an attacking 4-3 scheme where he can be used as a second-level defender, either on the strong side or even on the weak side. But he can even be routinely used as a blitzing threat. He has that versatility. So maybe the Patriots take a look at him, take a flyer on Dylan Moses. And again, the fact that he is tied to Alabama, to Nick Saban, doesn't exactly speak negatively of him. That's got to be an asset and a feather in the cap if he's looking for an NFL job. Maybe it's here in Foxborough. Maybe it's elsewhere. But you make a compelling case, buddy. You always do. We're going to stay on defense, folks, to take it all home today because Steve profiled another Alabama defender, and this one is a little bit more highly ranked and I think a little bit more highly coveted, and that is interior defensive lineman Christian Barmore. Barmore is pretty solid in 2020, and that's the reason why he's ranked so high. 37 tackles, 9.5 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, three passes defended, and three forced fumbles. And one of the things I really love about this kid is versatility, and you put this very well in your column, Steve. He can be moved all around the defensive line for a guy of his size. And folks, Barmore is a big guy, 6'5", 310 pounds. He's got surprising agility, he's very strong, really active with his hands, and maybe the thing that the Patriots might like best about this guy is he displays excellent vision to read and react to plays. Steve, I know Christian Barmore is going to be heavily coveted, but is there a chance he could end up in New England, and what type of Patriot would he make in the long run? Yeah, you know, it's funny with him because um, I think his stock has gone way up. I think he's going to end up going in the first round. So, you know, like most of us, we all would love to see the Patriots take a offensive player, either a quarterback or one of those talented wide receivers with their 15th pick. But, you know, if that guy isn't there and they opt to go on defense, I think this is where he's going to go. In fact, he might even go before they even, you know, draw their 15th uh, selection. But, you watch him, especially down the stretch, and I, I uh, am a big fan of Nick Saban in Alabama, and, you know, I watch all of their games, but I thought he was really, really good all year long. But down the stretch, once the college football playoffs took off, I thought he elevated his game to a, a, another level, and that that's the kind of thing you look for in these young guys. And, uh, you know, you, that game against Ohio State, in the national championship game, I thought, you know, and he ended up being the defensive MVP. I thought he was one of the best players on the field, you know, that maybe wasn't named Devonta Smith. So, um, you know, he's not a nose tackle. A lot of people saw what I wrote and the, Oh, is he like a Vince Wilfork? No, he's not a Vince Wilfork type. He's more of a Richard Seymour type, you right. know, he's not going to line up over the nose and eat up those two gaps. He's, he's a guy that you can put in. He's very disruptive on the run because he's able to penetrate and he can hold up. But, uh, and, but he's outstanding as, as well at rushing the passer. And I think that, you know, if the Patriots were to draft him, he would immediately, you know, provide some dividends in that aspect as he finds his feet in the NFL. I think, you know, he, he's going to be one of those guys that might start off as a sub-package, you know, dedicated pass rusher. And I think he'll be really good at it. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you made the point about him not being the traditional nose tackle, almost comparing him to Richard Seymour, and I think that's a very apt comparison. Look, bottom line, this kid has raw power. He's got very powerful, very busy hands. That really, I think, enables his frame to remain clean, but he's has proven to be excellent when executing that swim arm over move that really allows him to make plays behind the line or in his gap as a run defender. So he can do a lot of different things. A lot of people are projecting him as being used mostly as a penetrating three technique that's able to create vertical push and disruption. And I think that would be an ideal fit. So again, I think that his Draft stock continues to rise. He's listed right now at or near the top of the interior defensive linemen that are available in this draft. The Patriots may even look to have to trade up for him, but if he's there at number 15 and the Patriots' needs are not available, meaning a quarterback that doesn't drop on their lap or uh, one of the marquee tight ends or uh, wide receivers that the team may be coveting, do not be a bit surprised to see Christian Barmore's name, uh, you know, called, especially with the synergy that he has with Alabama, the synergy that he has with Nick Saban. He knows that there would be a like-for-like system, and Bill Belichick is definitely someone that is not afraid to go defensive line in the early rounds of the draft. You, me, and Murph have had conversations of this type in the offseason saying that we believe he will go defensive uh, in uh, very heavy in this draft, and maybe this is the opportunity for him to take it. Steve, what can I say? Always, always appreciate you joining me here on the pod, lending your wisdom and counsel like no one else can. Uh, I appreciate the work that you put in on the draft. We talked a little free agency, talked some trades, really got an opportunity to mix it up today. So, For the benefit of our new listeners, please let everyone know where they can find you on social media and what we can expect to see from the great pen of Steve Balistrieri in the coming days and weeks. Oh, as always, my friend, thanks for having me on. I always look forward to our our weekly chat now. And, uh, you know, I I greatly appreciate it every week. And um, uh, please don't ever forget that. It's uh, it's something I look forward to. But you can find me on patchfans.com. That's where I write. And on Twitter, at CB7SFG. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, although I'm not on there as much uh, as maybe Twitter. But, um, uh, you know, you can always get a hold of me there. And, uh, you know, we're going to be looking at the draft, obviously, and uh, we're going to continue doing that. But, Free agency's just around the corner, and, you know, we're going to be talking about some free agent stuff, and, you know, there there's never-ending stuff when it comes to the Patriots. And I heard another rumor. You talked about Alex Smith and, you know, the quarterback position. I heard the uh, 49ers were inquiring about uh, another quarterback. So, um you know, maybe that means that they're open to trading Jimmy G. It could. Uh, those rumors, absolutely, folks, uh, surround one Teddy Bridgewater of the uh, yep. Carolina Panthers. We heard that earlier. Uh, maybe that does mean that Jimmy might be on the block. Who knows? There is so much that could happen between now and the start of the league year in just a couple of weeks. A whole lot that can happen between now and the draft. And I think an infinite amount that could happen between now and the start of training camps and even into the start of the season for the New England Patriots. This is going to be a wild, wild offseason. And Steve, we're always glad that you join us here on Locked On Patriots each and every Tuesday to kind of calm us down and be our resident voice of reason 
and and give us all of the insight that only you can do, my friend. Uh, so we look forward to that in the coming days and weeks. But thank you for joining me today. Until next week, buddy, stay safe, stay well, and we look forward to talking ball with you again right here next Tuesday. I, as always, I'm, I'm always available when you need me. <laughs> I know that, and I appreciate that more than words can say, my friend. Take it easy. Have a great week, and talk to you soon. Just like that, Patriots fans, we are almost halfway through your work week. But fear not, because there is still plenty of Patriots coverage still to come here on the pod. So to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action this or any week, download and subscribe to the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as Radio.com, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you're staying locked in to Locked On Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Steve Balistrieri for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Pats Nation, stay safe, stay well, continue to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.